I'm recording now. What do you mean you've delivered a fucking baby? Excuse me? Dr. Callie Cyrus and Dr. Jesse Gold, our guests this week for this podcast. I thought you guys were psychiatrists. You had to deliver a baby to medical school? Yeah, people forget that we went to medical school with the surgeons, with the family doctors, with the gynecologists, <laughs> and we had to do all of those I mean, not stupid. No, but hello. all of those rotations, which many of them sucked and delivering a baby is why well, I'm not going to have a baby. But like, yes, plus one. I mean, yes, I, super I relevant to being a psychiatrist. <laughs> you get to see the miracle of life and death right in your face. I guess in some way they connect question mark. Would you do it again? Both of you. Med school or delivering babies? <laughs> Both. <laughs> I might have the same answer. Um, oh. I don't know. I mean, delivering babies I, was not my favorite, but wasn't my least favorite. Like it was probably oh. in the in the middle. Like for me, that you know, I I there were things about OB that were fine for me. I you know. I didn't mind it. It was long amounts of time, often waiting for things. Right. The moms were nice. The people, you know, it was fine. Mm. People were happy, you know, like there are things about it that were fine. Right. You know, and like, sometimes it was funny, like this mom delivered a baby to like Mumford and Sons. (laughs) And then then she like told her husband that she was going to name the kid like Mumford. (laughs) Just to like, really just to be a jerk. Cause she definitely wasn't. And the husband was like, I hope you're kidding and like really big dad was really funny. And so like stuff like that, I, I enjoyed, you know, but like, you know, when I do med school again, it's a good question. I mean, I ask myself that often. I think that it's really complicated. I mean, I came from a family with some doctors. I, um, like some stuff about medicine and hate some stuff about medicine. And yes, um, you know, I definitely have days where I'm like, did I go into this because I was like actually making a conscious decision or did I make Ah, a decision that was sort of like somewhat in my head, somewhat my parents, somewhat my life. And I sort of didn't like, I really consciously thought I made the choice. Like if you would have asked like college, Jesse, like, did you decide to be a doctor? College Jesse would have said, Oh, of course. Like I like science. I chose to do this. I took a year off. I still made this choice, whatever. But like, if you ask me now, like I have no idea if I made that decision. Damn. What about you, Dr. Callie Cyrus? I, do I have to say your full names? No, I, you can call me Jesse. <laughs> okay. I was like, if I went to school and delivered babies for as long as you fucking guys did, I'd be like, doctor only it's, it's weird I, I mean i don't know what jesse looks like on days where she i'm like wearing this when i see patients you look and I, so cool i i he's cooler than me both of you guys are very we're cool. cool we're both cool I will which say. is why i, I like do, see look i already did i was about to say dr <laughs> callie callie my friend now i don't want to to cut off your answer to this because this was actually funnily enough my very first question for both oh. of you but i just want to give you a little bit of intro hi okay. confidants welcome to the podcast where we're absolutely sure we don't know everything i'm your host kelsey dara and this is another one of our episodes for mental health month because we're talking about mental health obviously we're giving all the trigger warnings up front i mean i don't know if anyone's triggered by the idea of having to deliver a baby in med school so we'll just like assume everyone is fine with that but yes i want to introduce our guests holy shit jesse and callie doctors fucking amazing people been watching your content for a very long time um I was going to introduce you guys with like all your accolades, but honestly, they're so intimidating and impressive. I kind of wanted to see if you guys could introduce each other, almost like gas each other up. Can you, can you, uh, can you tell me how you guys know each other and like, what the fuck, who you oh are? And what you know? Oh my God. Oh Callie my God. tells this story better than me, but she no. also sh- but Callie should also answer whether she thinks she'd be a doctor. But and yes, then I want should... both because that was my first question for both of you, actually. So you've got a lot to catch up on. No pressure. So, OK, where am I supposed to start? Am I starting with introductions or tell my story and then introduce? Tell, tell... tell this my answers. Yes, I would like to know, would you have done medical school again? And then your introductions. OK, OK. I'm also going to comment on the fact that I like delivering babies because I like <laughs> to say that I caught a baby. 
because that's what they call it. Is Yo, the baby. Life on goal. I would they love to see out. that. I would yeah. love to see that. Congrats. Yeah, they're slippery. Slippery oh, too. They're, they're very squishy right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Congrats. Um, I mean, good arms, good arms. Yeah. I would go... I, I think that it would have been, I would not go to medical school again if I had started right now. Hot take, both y'all hot motherfucking takes. Honestly, uh-uh. I would have gone to get a PhD in organizational psychology. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. So now that we've gotten into the lettering, <laughs> PhD, psychology, all of those things, now I would like to have okay. both of you show off a little bit and tell me about like, who the fuck you both are. Okay. Okay. Well, the first thing I will say, and you're going to love this, is that you know what we all have in common? Huh? We rep Florida. No! No way! No! Go on! Where? What parts? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm West West Palm. West Palm. Okay. So you're, you're, that's explains a lot about your coolness. (laughs) Got it. Got it. North Central. North, what? What is that? Oh, we did talk about this. Okay. Holy shit. This makes me feel so you much. Said more what? You said South. I said I'm from North Central Florida. <laughs> and I'm like, right in the middle. Yeah. Gulf Coast. Wow. I feel so much more comfortable that I'm with my people, with my yeah. Floridians. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. And I love you. I, I, there's <laughs> something about, I think we know how to spot each other, which is kind of how Jesse and I met. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Okay. So how long have you guys known each other? God, what year was that? We met in Puerto Rico (laughs) at a a conference at a conference. Okay. I just remember Jesse being like really loud. And I was like, who is this loud loud white woman? I was like, there's not a lot of like loud white women walking around yet. Like at conferences also. Right. Right. And was this 2013? No, that was medical school when I graduated 2016 or 17. So you guys have been friends for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And you had both already finished all of your uh, medical school and certificate receiving. We were both like uh, done with med school, but not residency. Like Callie yeah. was still, you were still in residency. Yeah, too. I'm a couple years ahead of Jesse, but so I was in residency at where Yale. So Jesse went to medical school at Yale, where I trained in there residency. There it is. So okay. When we met at this conference, okay. Jesse was in town from Stanford. Oh shit, big dropping! I, I love it. This is what I, I was. Do you like? Do you like the? I, I I'm not. You know. You know. I there is something about being able to flex the degrees. Flex. I, flex. I yeah. I mean, if I was like a white dude, it'd be different. But I love like walking <laughs> into spaces and being like. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't even now. ask if you were a white dude. I'd be like, "Anyway, shut the fuck up. Why are you on the podcast?" <laughs> um, but no, this is the moment to flex. Where I was like reading up, like Jesse knows, I was reading up on like y'all's history, and I was like, "Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> what you went where for how long? And now knowing you've delivered babies, but so I went into this episode thinking like I'll introduce you both as really just like stacked, experienced psychiatrists. Is that like?" the right term with all your letterings and things that you've achieved yeah yeah I, that's what we're called we're psychiatrists but i think we both are like trying to be partly not psychiatrists mm-hmm. that's the thing about us yeah wait go on i don't think i i heard that part from Just, either you can of you. go ahead with this one yeah and you have me. to introduce me too yes remember? yes yes yeah i mean i think let's see uh we did meet in puerto rico at this conference we we share a similar mentor um, Callie was working with Dr. Wilkins on a, on a, um, project about like teaching, I guess you would say like teaching med students about race. Would that be the Very best way cool. to say that? Like teaching, like how to, how to teach, how to be like, how to manage patients that are like using, using standardized patients. I'm going to botch this, like using standardized this. patients to, to deal with right am i no. killing you no, that's like, how we do that's we were, what i that's that's we what trying. i kirsten and i are working on the erase framework because you know doctors uh-huh. we need a acronym and this was how you were uh-huh. we developed it together how you help supervising doctors know how to intervene when a patient starts wow. harassing your students like if you're called a racial slur and they're like get out of this country like that <gasps> kind of thing because that happens all the fucking time especially when somebody got to be president and literally people real people, bold. exactly 
and you know the kind of people we work with. Yeah. So like you got to let it slide. Do you not let it slide when it starts changing in quality? So I was there giving a talk with her mentor, ah. our mentor and Jesse, you were probably giving your own talk like that. Was doing something. Flex. Let's hear. Come on. I don't know what I was doing. I think I was getting an award. <laughs> oh, casual. Stop the mic. Completely Not casual. <laughs> I love that for this space. This is the energy I want to just nom, 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 nom. eat it up. Eat it the fuck up. Like a teach it like a resident teaching thing or something like that. I, I just I had no idea there were so many layers to psychiatry. I'm not going to lie. Like this episode definitely was something where I wanted to like pull back the curtain and be like, <laughs> first of all, what the fuck does it entail? Because why? Would someone want to be a psychiatrist? Ooh, that's, oh, that's a, a long question. But let me answer the, let me, Callie's going to get mad. So the, I blew that horribly and why she works with caretakers. <laughs> we got there. We got there though. But, we got but, So there. Callie, Callie was doing like cool standardized patient stuff in her job once she got that job and then was in there for a bit. And then actors like who pose as patients. They're like yeah, the actors who pose as Yeah, got to it, teach it, like it, med it, students it. basically similarly to work in that framework, but with actors who pose as patients. Oh. But we did like some karaoke together and some cool stuff yes. like that. Now Callie does like, so I think when we think about like what we think about in our jobs and like how we, we view our roles, like we both feel like mental health and what psychiatrists kind of get labeled as are like these like old white dudes with bow ties. You're like, and so (laughs) neither of us are like, neither of us are like, Old white dudes with bow ties. You're and not. Neither, I'm and a black girl with a bow tie. <laughs> yeah, Callie's a black girl with a bow Big tie. Difference. And, and like, you know, we both feel that like that image can change and people would come see us more often and understand meds more often and like be more like well-versed in the sphere if like we were out there like talking about it and making it safer and like changing the system by yeah. being able to talk about it and make it easier and safer and whatever. And so we both feel like that happens to be something we're good at. It's not necessarily something like, you know, you're good at until you start doing. And we need um, it. <laughs> and so like, we we both feel like that's a big part of what we do, like um, advocacy through media and yes. writing. And, um, you know, like we both probably target a bit different populations than what we do. But right. I think um, we kind of have niche things that then overlap and kind of try yeah. to amplify each other crossways as we can. Um, but I think that that that's good because yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think I should be speaking to, I clearly I just watched that in like two seconds. No. I should not, I should not no. be speaking about what Callie speaks about. Cause like clearly can't even, I can't <laughs> even like, I'm like, well, oh, it's no, a no. Lot. There's, like a, there's like race and there's it's like, a a lot. Lot. no, it's honest a lot. to God, it's, it's a, a lot, lot because that's what I loved about like, understanding who both of you were was I didn't go to some like doctory website and read about your practices and services. It was like, no bitch, you both are on (laughs) conferences, digital media, like live people come to you right now as like, dare I say icons in the like mental health slash public space. And you guys are doing work that is breaking fucking stigmas because I mean, look, I, when Jesse and I first had like linked up, she was writing this amazing article. Thank you so very much for Forbes. And <laughs> I had said like, look, I've had a horrible experience in psychiatry mostly that I've always had to be around old white dudes with clipboards and bow ties. And I think Jesse was like, what the fuck? This is exactly the shit I've been trying to break the stigma of. And then here I am just like reinforcing what has been like y'all's life's work trying to break. And I was so fascinated when Jesse told me, like, there are people like you who who exist in psychiatry because I just don't see it. I just don't. You guys are young. You're cool as fuck. I mean, look at you guys. Your resumes are stacked and you guys are in the industry like why why don't more of you guys exist well we're also hams in case you haven't figured that out so that's like i think and we're loud and i also think that i think i've been i think a lot about identity and the one i've been Mm. i think about a lot in terms of our field in medicine medicine's a very conservative field 
doesn't change very often, even Ooh. though it should. Ooh. And Ooh, I sort of moment right there. I sort of feel like we as Jesse, I think you're a millennial, but we're kind of trapped in this, like the Gen Zers who are like, we want this change now, yes. which I like. Love. And then the other generation, which is like, what are these people talking about? Mm-hmm. I think we're both loud and kind of in our practice and approach is more informal compared yes. to the other generation. And so I, I sort of see us as like a, a cross between these two. Yes. And I just think that at some point or another, a psychiatry is going to move more in this direction because all of my little, little mentees, they're not little, they're just like about it and just out there yes. doing all this stuff on Twitter and et cetera, yes. et cetera. Well, it's so, us. It's yeah. the people who had the yeah. shitty experiences. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I kind of already d- drove over this question that you answered a little bit of like, why would someone want to be a psychiatrist? And I know that it's probably a longer answer than we have. Even uh, mommy issues. I'm going to say <laughs> mommy or daddy issues. That's literally what I say in talks. People, I'm like, most people become psychiatrists because of mommy or daddy issues. I, I say I'm the youngest child who didn't get enough attention. Like, it's very Family. obvious. Like, I don't need to go back into my childhood and dig. Like, I know what it is. But I think it's like there's a piece of both of you that I love, which is like kind of anti-establishment, like the way things have always been going. And it's like you're you are breaking stigmas and walls and glass ceilings. And you guys are the people that thank God I have grown up now to be able to go to college and get all these fancy fucking stacked. Seriously, you guys, I'll put them in the link below. It's just like so many letters and, and things that they have attached to their names. It's really fucking cool. Um, as a three-time college dropout, I cannot emphasize enough how amazing it is that I think you guys would, it did all that stuff. Um, but I do think like, if I could get a little piece of you guys personally, like what, why did you want to become psychiatrist instead of literally anything else? <laughs> My dad's a psychiatrist. I mean, sure, that says something. I mean, I think when I went into med school, I mean, you know, I back up a tad. I mean, when I was in college, I was an anthro major because I couldn't stand pre-med. Like everything about Mm. it gave me anxiety. The people, the classes, Mm. me too, I hate science. The (laughs) the people, the classes, the way of life, the the fact that people were like so cutthroat, the the fact that like those people were supposed to go on to help people, like it just was not, it was not for me. And so like Mm. I did anthro, I loved anthro. I got a master's in anthro at the same time. Um, my thesis for that was on pre-med as a culture and I was like super into like what that meant and how we educate people and why we teach them that way and so then when I went to med school I was like I like the brain I think I like stories and people but my dad's a psychiatrist I don't want to do that (laughs) That, that's not what I want to do right avoiding your face (laughs) I like really fought it because I was like my dad's like a somewhat well-known psychiatrist and so I was like I don't like I would go to like conferences and people would know his name. And so I was like, I just can't uh, do that. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, ah, no, I'm going to do something else. So I was like, I think neuro is like the brain thing. And so I tried to pretend I liked neuro and neuro's really depressing. Oh, um, really? Really? <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, Fucking most of the, why? most it's of like there's no cures. Oh, it's like it's you just try to figure out where the stroke happened and you no, like you can't look into like biofeedback therapy and like oh no that's like us though i mean it's like it's like strokes it's like i mean maybe migraines are like the in- most of the time stroke migraine like sufferer stroke. right here hello yeah. but it's like strokes like really bad cancer uh, it's like alzheimer's like i mean uh, we're not talking it it's like bad so i was like i'm gonna do this and i was like i can't just like, kidding. Oh, I, I will can't. go back over here with, with what my, and, and I kept being like super drawn to like, again, like you could see like a hundred people with depression and, and it didn't really matter like necessarily what you treated them, like what the mm. actual diagnosis was, what the, you know, but it, the story was so much a part of what you were doing. Like right. it mattered, like, yeah. who, like, who they were and where they came from. And, you know, and like, that was the only, really the only field of medicine that, that, I mean, that, that still was part of it. Right. Like wow. we cared, like we cared about that. Like they, uh, like in, wow. in the, in the child psych rotations, we would start with social history. Like yeah. we would ask that first. Yeah. And so like, for me, I was like, wait a second, like this is story, like this is storytelling time. Like, it's not like, it's not like, Hey, like this person has, 
depression and we need to give them drugs and this is all I care about and whatever. And so for me, like, you know, in a lot of other fields in medicine, it's like, get to the diagnosis, yeah. like figure out the diagnosis, right. what's the treatment go on from there. And that's interesting in it and it's helpful and it's needed and it's so important, but like you could see that every day and you're doing the same treatment and the same diagnosis and whatever. And you might get a couple of times where you get this cool, whatever different thing, but <laughs> for, <laughs> but, right. But like, for the most part, you're seeing a lot of the same stuff. And so, wow. you know, if we see a lot of the same stuff, it's maybe like a hundred people with depression, but all of them have different stories and lives yeah. and we, and we care. Yeah. And so I, I think uh. that's, that, that's why for me, that's where I ended up. I'm like, ah, where have you been my whole fucking life? What the fuck? I'm not kidding. Like, Callie, before you give me your answer, I was literally recording another podcast right before you guys with an ADHD expert. And we went again on the journey of fucking terrible psychiatrists. And like, yeah. we were not trying to drag them. We were not trying to like, be like, avoid psychiatry. We were like, no, find that the person you love, find the one that asks you about your upbringing like so many times it's like me just talking and them saying based on what you've told me like here's the prescription I'm going to give you and that was even in the most expensive rehab in the hills of Malibu all the way to like Florida but like yeah. I just want to like make a, a pin in that piece that you just said Jesse that's so fucking important that I feel like should be the basis of what you're looking for in a psychiatrist when you're going to spend that amount of money and time and take that big leap into that portion of your life okay Callie give me your answer why a psychiatrist yeah yeah so mommy issues and I'm also yes. like a very I was a neurotic child oh. um, probably because of you know, partly jeans and an environment. And then also I was a closet lesbian who didn't know she was gay. Oh. Even though I played basketball and softball. Ooh. All the signs yeah. were there. I, clearly. I mean, I played rugby in college and I still wasn't gay. No. I, it's like a long story. I, I was a catcher in softball. So I feel like that like beautifully <laughs> represents bisexuality. I'm like halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so I was just, I spent so much time in my head Mm. analyzing every interaction. Also my, my parents, um, mostly from like the age of 12, I grew up very religious. Ah. And so I was told you're going to hell. So it was like, I don't want to feel this. Why do I feel this? What's going on? And then ah. also like fitting in in high school and like trying to understand like, well, who are these very, being very curious about like the white Jewish girls in my school. I'm like, mm. where did you come from? What is this? Yes. <laughs> Jesse's covering her face right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I literally, so I was just always, it's basically anxiety. Wow. So I'm an anxious yes. person. Ah, of course. Uh, and so my mom, and I shit you not, when I was like able to write book reports, she had me read Ben Carson's book. Huh. Indoctrination. Yeah. Nobody in my family was a doctor, but she had me read this book and write a book report on it. And so I thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon because of Ben Carson. Whoa. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. So then also the, I think another part of my story is like how, which illustrates how people find this path is that when I was in eighth grade, my eighth grade librarian, a black woman walked up to me and was like, I think you're one of the smart ones. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I don't know. I guess the doctor, my mom had also had cancer. I forgot about this, oh, which okay. I think explains some of her mood right. and depression and stuff. Mm, and totally. so I was like, well, I guess I'm be cancer. I don't understand how this, why I'm like this, why she's like this. Mm. I want to be a doctor. She's mm. like, okay, great. I know about the summer program in what? Philadelphia where they pay you as Excuse a me? eighth grader. What? They pay your way to come to Philly. And so basically for the next three summers of my life, I spent in Philadelphia Shut doing up. bench research at Temple University, like in the hood. Like we would just walk around with these like purple shirts on, which are what? our uniform and khakis and go to the lab every day. Holy shit. That and is really fucking cool. <laughs> like, so it was wow. one of the first pipeline programs that was started by one of the researchers here who got money from the NIH. Ah. And so there are kids from like, California, from right. Florida, from Chicago. And we got paid to do this. And then every, the goal was that you spent your summers doing bench research. So then I spent the next summer at the NIH. I worked at Merck in San Diego. 
did a summer in Vancouver and in Rome so that when you apply to medical school, you had enough bench research to go for free and do MD, PhD. Well, so you were prepped and primed as an eighth grader to follow this path. But also like we'd have these crazy summer, like lunch session on Wednesday was like, we're going through the MCAT scores and the GPAs of all the medical schools. And you get to see that brown kids who look like you don't do well at some of these places. So this is where you need to go to college. This is where you need to go to medical school. And this is what you need to do if you want to be a doctor and be MD, PhD. Most of the people didn't even become doctors. They just did this because it was like a thing you could do over the summer. Really? Yeah. There, I only know like four of us that are doctors. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, what are the other people doing? Like fucking they're like lawyers. <laughs> I have to imagine just something. PR, really like, ah. I, I like consultants, tech stuff. Like, wow. Not necessarily even science. So you really though stuck with it. And did you kind of find your niche? Like Jesse T- talked about yeah yeah I mean there, we all have our well, at least I did was like I don't know that I can do this I'm so bad at chemistry and physics like I would cry and then <laughs> I uh, took some time off I got my master's in public health so I came wow. a point where my grades at Stanford because I did more learning socially than learning mm-hmm. in the books I like to wow. say yeah um I got a degree I took some time to strengthen my application so I learned about the healthcare system before it changed which Oof. is like a waste of money now but Oof. I knew going in I wanted to help doctors understand the healthcare system and how we contribute to wow like taking away people's healthcare because we fought against medicare yeah. all these things and then when I got to medical school I couldn't stay awake in surgery I didn't like the pediatricians. I thought I wanted to be a family doctor, but then I realized oh. I was going to have to do a surgery rotation all through residency again. No. And, and we I know really, you have strong hands to catch babies, but I, that's it. And I always, my mom would say that I wanted to be a gynecologist for different reasons, <laughs> but we're not going to go into that. Because you're a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I love psych. I love, it was just like, yeah, this is clearly what I want to do. Yeah. But I just, yeah. So that's so like fascinating to me too, that you both went down these like medical, um, like when I think of Grey's anatomy, right? Like it's like, do you want to do that kind of shit or take a hard right and go into like the psychology piece of it, which, you know, it, it intersects so much. And honestly, I didn't know that the thing that you guys do as advocates even existed in the medical field. Like the fact that both of you are, teaching and making waves to show doctors how to do certain things and treat patients. Like I didn't realize that that crossover existed. It's not always. Mm. It should. Both of you are like, well, (laughs) I mean, I think, I think that both of us would say like, it's slow and coming and maybe COVID pushed it forward a little bit like I think that uh public health and and especially physician advocacy and nurse advocacy um over COVID like we got we got smacked right so if we we needed to know how to talk and be out there and say the right things and we're not trained in that. And so the people who could do it a little bit did better, but we still aren't as good, right? We're still not as good as like, you know, people like you who have platforms and know what they're doing. Right. So like, are you fucking kidding? No, but I, I mean, you guys it's are doing like, it in a di- yeah, I was gonna say no, it's a different. Like, I'm a hot mess. I don't know about this, but like I'm bare. Same, but you know what? Like even just that, the fact that both of you guys are like we're hams, we're friends, like da da da. That is breaking every rule that I think a lot of listeners here that have gone up in the in the medical field, or excuse me, like their medical mental health journey. That is breaking every rule. Like the fact that you both are existing as hu- actual humans and like, I'm a mess. Like uh, that, the, I do jokes. Blah, blah, blah. Like that is breaking every rule. You know, like you are as a, psych- a psychologist can get away with being a little bit more human because they're like, yeah. hey, we're the in-between guy. But you guys are supposed to be pills and <laughs> making sure people aren't getting pills to sell them on the street. Like that's it. Yeah, like we sound like cops or something. <laughs> No, I mean, but like, uh, no, not going to get no, into that. But. No, not get into that. But like as a uh, very standard of what someone should be doing. Um, Yeah. Like how how do you guys view what 
psychiatry is represented as today because you both are not the um the the common yeah. what's the word I'm looking for you guys are not the standard yeah that is yeah. seen in like yeah. media and shit like that yeah I, I'll go first and I'm actually quite interested in, in Jesse's but Jesse's story I think for me I thought so one medical school was really tough because I felt like I had to put myself I had to suppress this part of me mm. um because I just like didn't fit and I right. want to very conservative and I wore pastels in Chicago during winter because I dressed like this year round. So it was just like a weird, I didn't, I like didn't fit in the culture. Sure. And I, and I think it took some time. I, what really did it is that there was this psychiatrist who's passed away since his mm-hmm. name is Carl Bell. And he worked at my medical school and he was this black dude who wore a cowboy hat. Oh, and like a fun. t-shirt and he would wear sunglasses. He would give award speeches and sunglasses what a what he a was G. like he was really really out there and yeah. I remember meeting with him one day and I was like how do you get away with doing this you know medicine is like and he's like you do whatever the fuck you want to do if you're on top of your shit oh <laughs> I mean listen he's and, not wrong and it literally from there I was like as long as I'm on top of it mm. I, I also my partner hates when I do this but like I talk about Stanford because Stanford's whole thing is like embrace your weird you're the nerd and I yeah. think that it, you just lean into it. And so I, this is why I like, I like this field because I do believe that. And I'm also anxious if I'm not my authentic self, mm. I am like going you crazy. Be the best so I don't have a choice. I have to find a way to be myself in a situation. Mm. And I find that actually makes life a lot more fun and more comfortable. Mm. So I've chosen my field who the clinics I work with, the projects I take on in a way that allows me to wear something like this with a yeah. Because if you can't, I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. And it so it's it's worked. I mean it has the weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year, like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. It's not always easy, obviously. It's been hard, but I think I've lucked out in finding places that accept this. And also you work your ass off so you can get away with it. I was going to say, I don't think it's luck at all. I think you fucking concretely paved the way for yourself to be who you want to be and allow such a, such a way. So Jesse, you're, I mean, yeah. I didn't have like a conservo. I don't know what your dad is like, but like my mom's a little do her own thing anyway. So I'm very <laughs> interested. Girl, can't yeah. on another planet. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I felt like, um, no, I, my dad wears like funny pants and things like that. I mean, <laughs> I, I think, I think that I, I think though that like, I, always struggle like I say whatever like it's very hard for me to and you know that like it's very hard for me to stop what I'm gonna say yeah and like like, 
And like, it's not, it's not like I say anything, like I'm really thoughtful about the bad things. Like I'm really thoughtful about like the things that are going to get me in a lot of trouble. I try to ask, (laughs) you're unfixable. I I try to ask like Callie the questions that I don't want to ask everybody. Like you can Uh, wonder what those questions might be, but I, but I'm not like, you know, in med school, like I didn't want to put this, like I'm on a white coat and I'm going to act like this and I'm going to be this way and whatever. And it was really hard for me to do that. And I tried because mm. that's what surgery was. And that's what sure. like some of these things were. And I tried so hard to like do what they wanted and show up on time and be this way. But I couldn't like hide that part of myself very well. And like mm. I would do all the work and still get these like little snide comments on my evaluations mm. that were like really like personality digs. Yeah. And I'd be like, and I'd be like, they're saying things like that are about my personality. They're not saying things that are about my work ethic or my, you know, it was like, that's a personality comment. That's personality comment. And I would like say that stuff to like, uh, deans and mentors Mm -hmm. and stuff. And they'd be like, yeah, I mean, that's who that person is. Like, I don't know what you want me to do about that. And stuff like this is like, just like, like that's medicine. You know, like, you know, like, like, like sort of just like that's medicine. Enjoy being you and not fitting in and feeling horrible about it. Right. Oh, great. I I sort of would just like feel bad. Right. And so I would be like, do I want to do this? Like, do I want to drop out? And then I would like call family and they'd say, you've always wanted to do this. Don't drop out. Or like, Mm. you know, you're in Yale medical school who's in Yale medical school stay there right and so like that's hard to get in there why would you leave there you know these sorts of things so I I it's moderately invalidating but I you know I stayed um um, story. I I made it through that with whatever like I could to not become a different person Ah. and I think that you know over time have found that like more comfortable in just being able to be myself because it's let me find different ways to like, you know, be successful. And like, I'm definitely don't fit into different departments because of that. That's true. I'm in like a a department where I'm definitely different than a lot of the department and I'm still in academics. Callie's not, she can speak to that if she wants. Um, but I think that, um, you know, you look around and you're like, I practice this way. I know I practice differently than other people. Um, like if someone's covering for me, they might not even like how I practice if yeah. they took over my patients for like the week. Um, uh, you know, you, you get patients from other people, then you can hear their, in their voice, like what it was like to have a different psychiatrist or, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very, and you get, you know, that you're like the first person who's ever like done yeah. this or whatever. And you're like, man, like all I did was listen or like, you're like, I didn't do anything. I asked, I asked you how you were like, yeah, <laughs> right? seriously. and you're like, I didn't do anything. Right. And so you're like, that's bad. And like, it happens a lot. And often yeah. with these like middle-aged kind of women, you know, yeah. like I see a lot of college kids. So like I'm often their first psychiatrist. So that's not where it's coming from. It's like right. coming from a little bit of older ladies. Right. And, but I, <laughs> but I think like, but I think like, it's interesting, but, uh, yeah. so like, I do have a big awareness of like the, right. the stigma of the field that we're in and the stigma we're trying to break by existing yeah. within it and that I'm still in academics and still being the way that I am. But I think that now I'm much more comfortable to be like, this is who I am. If I yes. can't survive in academics this way, I won't. And I'm trying and I'll do the best I can. And in the same way, like the other day, or like a couple of months ago, like I was like told that I was too informal to give a talk for like a department. What? And yeah, I started what? laughing. <laughs> I started laughing. Good. In and I face. was like, laugh straight into their face make them feel bad I, I literally I literally started laughing and the person was like why you I like that told me who told me sort of offline because the person felt bad that he, right. he knew of the reason why I was told like I couldn't give it and I was like first of all I don't care if I give the talk second of all like the reason I'm successful is I'm this way Oof. so if you Oof. don't like if you don't want me to be this way I don't care I was like, when I was a kid, like if you would have told me this in med school, I might've cried. Yeah. Like, and I, and I might've taken it personally. And I probably did because that's the kind of stuff I got on evaluations and I took personally yeah. and I did cry. Right. And I wow. said like, yeah. am I wrong? Like, do I need to change this? Like if I want to fit mm. in this field, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, or mm. do I just not belong in this field? 
But instead, like, I sort of was like, wait, like, the reason that like media people like me or the reason that I'm like, in my young 30s, and I get asked to do some of this stuff that like, old, old people get mad at me doing is because I'm this way. So I was sort of just like, screw it. Like, I literally started like laughing. And the guy was like, good (laughs) like I would be like like, oh that sucks for you I'm so sorry for you that you're that way because like truly I mean you touched a little bit on it Jesse talking just about like the adversity you've had to face as being a both of you assuming you both don't identify as uh straight white males in this field (laughs) um just like you know I I can't imagine what it's been like for both of you I mean you, you speak a little bit on it of of questioning your identity and in in a way you both went through your own like form of psychological uh experimentation like did did you guys have to look at it from that way so that your fucking like identities outside of work did not get fucked with I mean you're both like aggressively shaking your heads like yeah duh (laughs) yeah 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 I, so I didn't come out also until at least to my, to my parents until my second year of medical school. Wow. So I was already like, uh, I mean, I think I'm used to code switching and having yeah, to sure. use my different identities in different spaces, but I think that it was, it was really, I just, I say this is that I remember I, I hadn't really been used to putting my LGBTQ-ness mm. on display and mm. I got to med school and out of the, so I went to university of um, Illinois at Chicago. It's the largest medical school in the country has three wow. different campuses. So out of a class of like 200, there were like two lesbians. Really? You think there were just two of us? You think there were just two of us? two of us. So right. I, I started to be like, okay, what's going on? Where are y'all at? Also, <laughs> somebody got to teach us how to talk to people who like this. Yes. And, really, and so as I started to realize that people didn't talk about these things in the way that at least mm. I had grown up because I've always mm. pushed this because that's like my mom's lens. I like, everyone knows the story about my mom, Geraldine grew born in 1955 in South Carolina. Oh, and wow. it's very much like you are a black person. Keep that in mind, wherever you go, watch wow. out. Wow. So I've always been like very racially, my friends, we all talk in this way. Yeah. Um, and so getting to med school, I was like, nobody knows how to talk about this stuff. What kind of doctors are we going to be? Holy shit. And so a lot, I, I actually was the rare bird, like the black person who's like, I'll talk to you about this. Wow. I will. And yeah. because I enjoyed it. And mm. I think that that means that I get a lot of that. I have these conversations with people. Um, I can contain it. But then I also, a lot of brown people come to me for advising. Mm. And so as I've started to get more and more forward yeah. and more direct and more kind of out there in my education, it's I'm realizing how much I was alone mm. and not having someone to put out fires for me, Oof. even though I was trying to do all this work. And so what Jesse's alluding to is, you know, I was really got the, got the job I wanted. I was in charge of these actors who posed as patients. Like I love this. I would create these crazy scenarios where you students would have to like learn how to do a social history on a blind woman. Who's also oh. like a Trump supporter. Who's like accosting them. Oh. Like I love this. Wow. Love this stuff. And like, I just, I, I was, I was taking it from the students. I was going through my own kind of toxic stuff with someone in the sure. department who was jealous of me. Oof. And it was just like, what am I, I'm going to die. I had a mentor die also. Jesus Christ. Who was one of the first black residents oh. at Yale. who's in charge of wow. student mental health. And I think wow. that just, he died at 53 in his office. Oh my God. Oh my God. What and, a wake and, up. And oh. he'd also had a community clinic that I was working at. So I had to go tell his patients of like a decade. <sighs> and that just, that really shook me. I was like, yeah. I could die doing this. Yeah. Giving myself right. when this like institution doesn't wow. give a fuck about me, maybe on Ooh. paper they do. And I like, I got a professor position three months later, I resigned. Holy and I was shit. just, I went to the department chair and he was like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to get out of here. Literally nothing. Anything I else. Literally was like, I'll be fine. And you know what yeah. it was like, yeah. it was, I mean, financially, like wow. not the easiest thing, but like, I sure. am trying to figure this Happy. out, yeah. trying to blend my dream of like wanting to be Oprah and be a doctor. Ah! 
Uh, we need that. Don't stop. That is what I forced. I left me. that part out, but I really love it. Yeah. Oh my, listen. I mean, she's got her issues, but. Of course, but like we're all flawed humans, yeah. but that's like yeah. a huge fuck. I mean, like both of you have made these huge fucking choices that are deeply embedded in who you are as people that are reflected in your job, which then you have the outside pressures also of being represent being the representative of maybe like our gender or identity of like, I feel like I must do this, but also it is your truth. So it felt, did it feel supported in ways outside of yourself, like with friends, families, loved ones, things like that? Yeah, Jesse, I'm not sure what your friends are. I mean, we, we, I'm sure we both have doctor friends, but I have a number of friends who are most, my partner's not a doctor. She's a Mm. professor. Mm. I have a number of friends who are lawyers, my friends from college or my friends who are artists or Mm. who are Mm -hmm. from high school. Um, So I think I've always had to have that extra to keep me because I'm not, we're not just doctors. We are black people. We're women. We have Mm. our own other communities. Mm. And that's, I think maybe, maybe it's part of the success is that we don't just have one community. Yes, I think we branch out and yes. stay in touch with other people. It's like representative what the world actually looks like. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. What about I you, mean, Jesse? Yeah. I mean, when Callie left academics, I think I almost, I was like very sad. I was like, um, really, because like, um, and I've, and I've told her this, but I mean, I think like, I wish that people like Callie could stay in academics. We're, we're doing a disservice to not yes. keep, people like Callie in academics because she should be teaching the people that are below us. We should be supporting people like Callie. And the fact that we did it is a failure of the system and broke my heart tremendously. Um, And she knows this as I've told her repeatedly, but it really like, (laughs) it really like hurt me when I knew that that happened. Um, But, you know, for me, like, I have felt supported. I mean, I think that I, um, I have friends, like really great friends from residency who are like, you know, Stanford, we switched like Stanford and Yale. So like Stanford for residency, like was interesting, because a lot of people go into private practice. And a lot of people, right. like a lot of people don't go into academics, like it's a very different thing. Oh, so yeah. When I went, yeah. So when I went there, like everybody, I was like, I'm gonna go into academics. And they're like, why? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why? Like, that's a question? Like, yeah. what do you mean? Why? Like, everybody goes into academics. That's what you do in medicine. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, you should have an answer to that. Like, you should really want to do academics in there. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like you go to fancy school, you go to academics. Like that's you what you do. You become a chair. Like, like that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. I was like, I'm confused. My, my, my father was a chairman. So I was like very confused. And it's like, okay. Um, like, I don't understand. Right. Um, so like, uh, you know, so it was like pushed me to think a lot about that, but my friends are like, you know, just do their jobs cause they like it. And, and, you know, aren't like, it's not their life. So that's helpful and they're great supports and, you know, they, they push me in that way. But then also like, I have friends, like my, I have friends from elementary school. So wow. like artists yeah. and like lawyers cool. and whatever. So I have friends from everywhere. Like I would, to boarding school yeah. I have friends from there like whatever um but I think that uh I've kept like friends along the way I've moved probably too much but I think like with um you know have kept various people along the way that are definitely yeah. not doctors and they and they like you know are proud of the things that I'm doing yeah. and are interested in the things that I'm doing and yeah. um are not like jealous of the things that I'm doing and I think that helps because I think there's a degree of especially you know part of the reason I like where I work right now is there's not a lot of doctors doing media to the point where they're like you know, I need to Elbowing. fight with you for this. Yeah. Like, I like, I want to do this I instead the of face. Child, yeah. like child, like get out of the way, child. You know. So I think, I think, like that's like I don't have yeah. that, which is nice, yeah. right? And so I yeah. can kind of just do what I do. Um, and like that happens a lot of places. Like if yeah. I stayed at, like if I was at Yale or you know, like it's just like there's a lot of like people yeah. just kind of being like, but I want to do that, and even if they're not good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. and so you're kind of like, why do you want to do it? You can't even like talk. Like, right. Know. Well, I think you put, you just like brought up something that I don't think a lot of people think about. Like genuinely, I didn't but until you guys started to kind of tell your personal stories and like genuinely thank you for being so honest about your, your stories and your struggles. Like I didn't realize that, yes, you have a choice.
case, once you get your degree to go into private practice, which to me was like, that's what everyone does. That's why you become a psychiatrist. But you guys are opening up this whole other fucking portal vortex of like, no, no, no. There is so much happening behind the scenes that you guys are doing to fight to change the system. That is so I'm sorry. It's a little broken. I'm sorry. It's I yeah, like I'm super using, broken. I'm using the TikTok voice, like, uh, is it? <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, I, I don't think people realize that there is that piece of it yeah. that not only could they strive to be in, but that we don't think about is happening behind the scenes because we just see it as like a system, right? Like, yeah. get a degree, open a practice, die. Yeah. You <laughs> like, you know, we could go into inpatient psych, we could do consults on a ward, like, people are like on a medicine ward in the hospital and we could do right. consults there as a psychiatrist. We could go in a residential program as a psychiatrist. We could be pra- private practice as a psychiatrist. We could be in an academic program like me as a psychiatrist. We could be in a community setting as a psychiatrist. We could like, you know, that's only like the things I just rattled off the top of my head. I think I've been to all of those. You could be in a group. You could, <laughs> you could live in Kelsey's house as a psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I think that these are the things you can do, but there are a lot of different things. And I think telehealth will open up more possibilities, yeah. but there are like definitely a lot of things that you can do and I think it's interesting. You don't really think about it when you're going mm-hmm. into it. Psychiatry is definitely one of those fields that's super More flexible. flexible. You can do different things in your one career. You can do it for a long time. You mm. can switch later, which is mm. kind of cool. Like, like yeah. you see, the reason you see old white dudes is because you can still do it when you're old. Like surgeons, yeah. like stop yeah. because their hands stop yeah. working. Yeah, these right? guys just, like our brains like, mostly still work, <laughs> right? Like when yeah. your brain stops working, your brain stops working. But you can do like you can listen to people for a long time in your life, right? And you're still like right. empathetic. So. You can do your job for a long time. You can switch your job for like a while. You could do one thing and then be bored and do another thing, which is kind of cool about psyching kind of flow between it, which I I think is one of the reasons I think, yeah, yeah, like what, which is one of the reasons I think psych's kind of cool like that. But, um, you know, I think you don't necessarily think about that when you think about psychiatry. I think you think about the meds part. And I think that that's definitely part of it. And we, we believe in medication. Otherwise we probably wouldn't do it, but we're not just peddling medication. I mean, like both of us, I don't think practice that way. We think that meds have a purpose and for the right people and for the right diagnosis and for the right, you know, reasons, but would never just like drug people. But I think I mean, that there is a, there I've is a reason. My, my daily, I clearly more organized than me. Listen, that's because of my medications help me to be like, I, I also strongly, strongly believe in medication. And I, I purposefully didn't write a lot about it in the book because I fear it. I fear where it's going. I, I mean, you guys saw what happened in Florida with the opioid epidemic, like the family, like we all know what, can and is happening with medicine. And like, you know, that was, I had a thousand questions that I didn't get to ask. And I can't believe we've almost already been talking for an hour because what the fuck you guys, we absolutely yeah. need to do. Did we even talk episode. about mental health stuff? I, like, right. well, but yeah, like, you can this, have us whenever. I this mean, was, you know. Oh, we're friends now. We got a group chat, yeah. like period Florida yes. girls with yes. palm tree emojis. It's yes. happening. I'm not yes. even worried about yes. it. Yes. Um, I want to see this doc. Is there a documentary also? I was like Googling you. Oh my God. About this stuff. So, oh my gosh. So it's, we're currently working on it and I can tell you some really exciting, um, positive production things offline, but we, we are filming a documentary. Like as soon as I leave New York, I'm going back to Oregon and it's a whole thing. Like it's, it's becoming my, uh, I feel I resonate with both of you deeply in your stories. And then it's like, I'm following the path that is my authentic truth period. And I never in a million fucking years thought it was going to be in mental health, but this isn't about me. I want to use the last few minutes about you guys, but like a big question I had, and I don't know who can take what, whoever wants to take it first can go. But like I've in my time seen how science has advanced with, psychiatry and medication and, um, you know, neuroplasticity, like there's so much, we didn't even have fucking, you know, cell phones when I was a kid and now we do. And I'm like, Oh my God, imagine what's going to happen in another 20 years. How do people like you guys and those old white dinosaurs keep up with how the education and the science is changing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause I know that's probably a loaded answer. Well, maybe I actually, I don't feel like the science changes that quickly. Maybe the mm. cell phones do and all that, but <laughs> medicine is slow. medicine is so mm. slow. Like, and especially at least so working on the Hill, I was able to see how certain things got funded 
And mm. while there is a lot of money that goes to the NIH on research and pharmaceutical companies, there's not a ton of like new segments that come out very often. Mm. Right. I, I mean, like we have some blockbusters that are used over and over again. Maybe there've been a few in the past three, like three years yeah. that I could count on one hand. Wow. There's not a ton of new stuff, but there, I mean, uh, there is a lot of research happening around the brain mm-hmm. and trauma. Yes. But, like there would be more if politicians, families and kids needed all this stuff. And they fucking do. They just like, why don't do Alzheimer's like, why don't we have a, you know, this is going to happen. Baby boomers are coming. They're going to, yeah. we're going to so do it. I tend to like that. So that stuff kind of scared, but what I do is and I'm sort of like an elderly millennial is what I call myself. <laughs> Elder millennial. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of newsletters that come into my inbox, so I don't delete anything. I have an inbox of like thousands, which is not good, but yeah. a lot of headlines. And I think that is the way that I probably do the most is like I click on mm. these letters and read the headlines. I mm-hmm. also, I try to take on patients who challenge me. Ooh, um, we would so. be really good together. Because <laughs> I am fucked up always. Tripping. Okay. Yeah. So I try to take patients who have, uh, who are presenting with an issue that I may not know very well. And that is an opportunity for me to reconnect with a colleague or someone mm. like if it's eating disorders or oh, you yeah. know, a specific kind of addiction. So I think mm. that's useful. Um, I also, I mean, I want to have a, I've designed my life and schedule such that I have time to study other things. Wow. And if it's not, it's actually, I feel like more of my time is spent reading books that I feel like psychiatry should have taught me. I'm not going to say like self-help books, but, but like so much the body keeps score. Why isn't that like mandatory reading for everyone ever in fucking middle school instead of the fucking hatchet or the scarlet letter? Jesus, toss it out, you guys. Right. Like that's why did I just come across this last year? Right. Right. Like that's the thing. So I'm in this phase now where I, as I'm dealing with a patient or a question that comes up, I will go to the body keeps score, but Mm. then I will also look up like a neuroscience paper to see, you know, how, trauma changes, neuroplasticity over time. And so I think that, and I don't know, Jesse feels the same, but being in this position to try to translate into an understandable and accessible form has forced me Mm. to really broaden my scope and be able to like really try to condense Mm. and synthesize in a way that is, it's been, I feel like I've learned so much in how to communicate and think about these issues. And so I mostly just keep keep trying to explore what's curious in front of me. I guess. never stop learning. Right. Like that's how I feel that like a, that's a really, it's like when lessons. you stop learning, you die is how I think about it. Cause you're just like your brain. Is, I mean, Jesse, I don't know if you have anything to, to add. Yeah. To I mean, we have like lectures at work, yeah. you know, at work that like help with that. I think, you know, that helps. I'm also like an email skimmer that helps. <laughs> I think, you know, my dad is a big emailer oh, yeah. been like that since I was a kid. Like, so uh, even as a kid, I had a folder that was just called like dad stuff. Uh, and it was just like, a bunch of like research stuff. And now it's like mostly relevant because I'm in psych. So I, I can right. go look at that later and he'll now like try to do better about stuff that's more relevant to what I'm doing. Sure. Um, but he, he, he's pretty, he reads like every paper and every journal. And yeah. every, like, wow. I don't know how, I mean, he's, it's more, a retired job. Yeah. he's more retired <laughs> now, but he also was like this yeah. person there where you would be on an airplane and he would like swear that he read the whole chapter in like a second and you'd be like prove it right yeah and but he's a really fast reader so that helps me um you know I think that I will get interested in like having seen like one paper that sounded cool and kind of go down a rabbit Mm -hmm. hole so like Mm -hmm. I think that I'm interested in like the psychedelic thing yeah I think I'm interested you know I think that I've like tried to try to figure some of that out if I want to write a piece on it like similar to like if somebody's going to ask me a question I kind of want to understand enough to to respond sometimes patients like bring it up so like I want to be able to answer something Mm. like I don't need to know like I'm not like if you ask me like if you ask me in session if you ask me as a a physician like as your physician like explain to me like the mechanism of blah 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 like I have college students like I have a college students that are like you know real nerdy and try that on me I start laughing and I'm like I'm like I'm like there's there's a there's a drug and it makes the stuff that makes your brain happier and then it takes 
And like yeah. it takes longer because it's mate, it's stopping the thing and then the things have to come yeah. out, right? Like yeah. it takes longer. Like that's how I talk, right? Like I'm not like there's a mechanism, there's no. a receptor and there's no. a bunch of them. And no. That's not how I talk. No. So like if you want to know, like I'm not going to learn something at that level I never have. So like I'm not going to know that. But if I don't know and like a patient asks, like I might go, okay, hold on. And I'll like, yeah. go read it and I'll be back and like give me a second. Right. So no. like that yeah. helps too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think stuff like that, I mean, I think that, uh, like I would also say like learning about myself is part of that. Mm. So like, I think you, uh, you brought up like identity Mm. and Mm. how much of this is about us. Like psychiatry is, uh, one of those fields where like, you know, we learn from like, why am I having that emotional reaction to so-and-so? Like, why did that person make me angry? Why did that person, (laughs) like, why did that person, or why do all these people kind of rub me this way or whatever like why am I having a day today like this sort of thing and I think like um I mean I don't want to blow Callie's spot but like for me like I like therapy is like super important to my existence yeah and they don't require it for psychiatrists that's the crazy that's the fucking crazy thing it should be I mean that's because I learned from my therapist as well. Yeah, I learned right. so much. Like, yeah. I quote my therapist like you would think she was my professor. Like, in, I, yeah. in things I'm writing and whatever, I'm like, and my therapist said, and she's like, and she's like, I'll be like, I quoted you on Twitter today. And she's like, um, uh, okay. And I'm like, I, you did really well. Like, you did really well on that tweet. And she's like, I, but did you, but did you, like, what I said and I was like no but but Twitter liked it and she's like but did you like it but I'm like I don't but obviously I did I shared it on Twitter yeah and she was like but I didn't write it for Twitter Jesse you know like I'm not Twitter's therapist right I did but I learned so much from you do yeah I I mean they talk about us (laughs) <laughs> of course they fucking do. I mean, I, I, uh, last year, uh, read Lori Gottlieb's, um, um, uh, maybe you should talk to someone. Maybe she used to talk to someone. And it, it really like, again, what I wanted to accomplish with this was like really pulling back the curtain on that. And I feel like that book did a really good job of showing like what life is. And honestly, guys, I think we're going to have to do a second episode because I didn't even get to fucking look once at my notes of the things I wanted to go into about like, how do you feel about psychedelics and where like psychedelics? moving forward yeah, and like yeah. what the fuck the pandemic's yeah. gonna cause us to be I, like it's i had a question too i wanted to comment on the last one you i was like jesse is she gonna ask us about we google our patients and then i was gonna comment <laughs> on the falling asleep because i was like oh my god that, I have great stories about that too oh, yeah. you thought i was just gonna come on here and like drag you guys for all the terrible I, I, i've I had like a psychiatrist ethics i was like what can i not say i have to be very careful <laughs> honestly I, I pinch my i pinch my nail beds when i'm tired and patient Ooh. stuff so i it hurts like hell but i won't fall asleep Yeah. See, I like, these are all things that we didn't get to go through of like my trauma with psychiatry and like how we can break that down. No, I mean, like, look, I think you, you both represent so beautifully the way that it's going. And like, honestly, I'm thrilled. And I think I said that to Jesse when she was like, well, it's not all that way. And I was like, good because i'm fucking tired of the the merry-go-round and like you know we can get into that in another episode of like private practice versus like inpatient versus outpatient versus like how we can help people find the right psychiatrist for them do they need psychiatry all those like basic stuff but i really did kind of just want to get to know you guys too and i should have been smarter i should have known we would have gabbed for longer than a fucking half hour or two about our own personal story so Confidence. I'm just going to say it right now. You guys are going to have to come back for another episode. Please, 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 please be my friend. Yeah, you got it. We'll be <laughs> Amazing. Well, in the meantime, confidants, I would love for you guys to go check out their works. Seriously, go watch some of their videos, their talks. You guys are everywhere, especially right now. You are so fucking needed and so glad you both exist in this space right now. Twitter, Instagram, plug, give me shit. Where can the confidants follow both of you? One of you take it away first. Florida. Yeah. Sorry. I'm 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 on 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 like Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Dr. Jesse Gold. Jesse spelled J E S S I. I'm also Dr. Jesse Gold.com spelled spelled the same way. 
Amazing. What about Callie? Google Callie D. Cyrus. Be careful because you might get the goddess Kali. You might get Molly oh, Cyrus. Oh, so Dr. Callie D. Cyrus. And you can Perfect. find me on Instagram. I don't know what it, that one is. You can also find me on Twitter. <laughs> Wait, we gotta um, look up what's your Instagram. Yeah, I think it's like Dr. Callie. It's, it might be Callie D. Cyrus. My yeah. social media girl changes it sometimes because she's like, well, no one's gonna remember. The it. branding is strong. I will say that. <laughs> I went to, I was like, oh, both of you guys like, do it well and you understand the landscape of how like social media too can help it but we're gonna say this i don't have a goddess i have a porn star named jesse gold no yeah so when i get media alerts it's like medicine (laughs) and porn and you're like and butt stuff and you're like relatable is it there is there a crossover i'm not understanding it's really it's really interesting i'm like uh, not me, but yeah. these, are, these are all things that we're going to have to dive into in a second episode, <laughs> the trauma of our Googling our own names. Um, both of you, seriously, thank you so much. I'm sure like right after this is over, we're getting on a group chat. Um, yes. Thank you for your time. I'm already going to like put together another day for us to, to come together. <laughs> but for Mental Health Month, Dr. Callie Zyrus, Dr. Jesse Gold, thank you guys so much. Uh, Confidants, don't forget, you can always follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ConfidentlyPod. You can email us at ConfidentlyAnsecurePodcast at gmail.com. You can rate this five stars on iTunes. If it's anything less than five stars, though, please don't rate it because I am sensitive. Speaking of being sensitive, the merch is out now. Link below, as well as both of these wonderful people's descriptions and all the things will be linked below. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye!